I remember the day vividly. It was a dull, overcast afternoon when I received the text from Mark. We hadn't spoken in months, maybe years. The message was brief. Hey, up for an adventure. Found an old house to explore. Intrigued, I texted back. Sure, why not? We agreed to meet at the edge of town. I arrived first, the autumn chill biting through my jacket. Mark pulled up in his old, rattling Ford, a wide grin on his face. You ready for this? He asked, his enthusiasm infectious. Sarah and Jake climbed out of the back seat. Sarah, always the brave one, looked excited, while Jake, a bit more reserved, offered a cautious smile. We drove in silence, the house's location a secret kept by Mark. As we turned onto a gravel road, the car's headlights illuminated the structure. It was an old Victorian mansion, its better days long past. The paint was peeling, shutters hanging loosely. Its windows, some broken, resembled blind eyes staring into the abyss. Mark's voice cut through the silence, a hint of mischief in his tone. You know, they say this place is haunted, he began, that the doors lock themselves, trapping anyone inside. His laugh was met with skepticism and nervous glances. I shrugged it off, not wanting to admit that a tinge of fear had crept up my spine. We got out of the car, the gravel crunching underfoot. The house loomed over us, its presence oppressive. Mark led the way, his flashlight piercing the twilight. The front door, hanging slightly ajar, creaked ominously as we pushed it open. The adventure had begun, but little did we know. It was more than just an old house waiting for us inside. As we pushed the front door open, its hinges groaned, releasing a symphony of creaks that resonated through the musty air of the house. The sound reverberated off the walls, filling the vacant halls with an eerie echo. A musty smell, the scent of decay and forgotten years, hung heavily around us. The entryway branched into a grand hallway, its walls adorned with peeling wallpaper and faded portraits that bore silent witness to our intrusion. Mark flashed a grin. Let's split up. We'll cover more ground that way. Without much thought, I decided to head upstairs, my flashlight beam cutting through the thick darkness. The staircase groaned under my weight, the wood worn from years of neglect. Reaching the top, I was greeted by a long corridor, its end shrouded in darkness. The air upstairs felt denser, almost suffocating, like wading through a stagnant, invisible swamp. I could feel the dust particles hanging motionless, undisturbed until now. As I explored the first room, its contents shrouded in layers of dust, a sudden sound jolted me, a door slamming shut with force downstairs. My heart skipped a beat. I rushed back to the staircase, nearly tripping in my haste. Guys! I called out, my voice shaky. Descending the stairs two at a time, I found Sarah in the hallway her back pressed against the wall, her eyes wide with shock. The door! To the library! She stammered, pointing to a door now firmly shut. It just slammed and locked itself! Her voice trembled with fear and disbelief. We approached the door, the old wood cold and unyielding under my fingers. I tried the handle, rattling it with more force than I intended. It wouldn't budge, as if held by an unseen force. 
Mark and Jake joined us, their expressions a mirror of our own concern. Must be the wind, Mark tried to rationalise, though the still heavy air of the house suggested otherwise. But deep down we all felt it. The house wasn't simply old and abandoned. Something else was at play, something unexplained. This was just the beginning. Determined to find an alternate exit, I left the group at the locked library door. The air felt cooler, almost chilling, as I made my way back up the grand staircase. Reaching the top, I faced a long corridor. It was narrower than I remembered, the dim light from my flashlight creating elongated shadows that danced along the walls. The hallway was lined with doors on each side, each appearing more intimidating than the last. I tried the first door to my right, pushing against it with little hope. Locked. The same with the next and the next. A growing sense of unease twisted in my stomach as each door refused to yield. Then, as I reached midway down the hall, a faint, almost inaudible whisper brushed against my ear. It was coming from behind one of the doors. I hesitated, a cold sweat forming on my brow. Curiosity overcame fear, and I leaned in, pressing my ear against the cool wood of the door. For a moment, there was silence, as if the house itself was holding its breath. Then, nothing. No whispers, no sound. Just the heavy silence of the abandoned house. I straightened up, feeling foolish for letting my imagination get the better of me. That's when I saw it. The last door at the end of the corridor was ajar. I hadn't noticed it open before. My heart pounding, I quickened my pace towards it, hoping it led to an escape. But as I neared, the door began to swing shut, as if pushed by an unseen hand. Wait! I called out, rushing forward. But it was too late. The door closed with a resolute click, the sound bouncing mockingly down the hallway. I reached for the handle, frantically twisting it, locked like all the others. A wave of realisation crashed over me. I was alone, separated from the others, in a corridor of locked doors and unspoken secrets. The whispers, the closing door, they weren't mere coincidences. They were intentional, orchestrated by the house itself, or whatever resided within it. The sense of isolation was tangible. The silence, oppressive. I needed to regroup with the others, but first, I had to find a way out of this locked corridor. I turned back, the beam of my flashlight my only companion in the enveloping darkness. As I retraced my steps through the narrow hallway, an unnerving sensation crept over me. The unmistakable feeling of being observed. It was as if unseen eyes were fixated on me from the shadows, tracking my every move. The dim light from my flashlight seemed to struggle against the darkness, which felt almost tangible like a living entity. With each step, the shadows cast by the flickering light seemed to twist and contort, creating grotesque shapes that danced just out of sight. My heart raced, the sound of my own breathing unnaturally loud in the oppressive silence. Then without warning, a cold gust of air swept through the hallway, chilling me to the bone. I shivered, wrapping my arms around myself. The temperature had plummeted inexplicably. I could see my breath now, forming small clouds of vapour in the beam of my flashlight. It was then that the doors began their sinister symphony. One by one, 
they slammed shut, the sound echoing down the hall in a rhythmic pattern as if orchestrated by some unseen conductor. Each slam was a jolt to my nerves, heightening the sense of panic that was now clawing its way up my throat. I quickened my pace, desperate to escape the hallway and its malevolent presence. The slamming of the doors grew more frantic, keeping pace with my increasing heartbeat. It felt as though the house itself was alive, reacting to my fear, feeding off it. My mind raced. I needed to find the others, to not be alone in this nightmarish scenario. The thought of facing whatever lurked within these walls alone was unbearable. But as I reached the staircase, a deep, unsettling realization set in. The sounds of the doors had ceased abruptly, replaced by a silence that was almost deafening. I paused, listening, but there was nothing. No sound of the others, no creaking of the house settling, just silence. It was as if the house was holding its breath, waiting for my next move. With a deep, steadying breath, I began my descent, each step a silent plea to find my friends unharmed. Descending the staircase, I felt relieved when I saw them. Mark, Sarah and Jake huddled together in the dim light of the grand hallway. They looked rattled, their eyes wide with fear and confusion. Jake's voice was barely above a whisper. There's something here, in the house with us. We instinctively moved closer, forming a tight circle. The sense of unity brought a small measure of comfort, but it was fleeting. The house seemed to groan around us, as if reacting to our presence, its walls creaking with age and secrets. As we decided our next move, my eyes were drawn to a photo hanging askew on the wall. It was an old, black-and-white image of the house, likely taken decades ago. But what caught my attention was the figure standing at one of the upper windows. A shadowy, indistinct shape that seemed to stare directly into the camera. And at us. A chill ran down my spine. I raised my flashlight, illuminating the window in question. It was the same window from the room I had been in before, the room where I'd heard the whisper. The realization hit me like a physical blow. I had been in that room, alone, unaware of the figure that might have been watching me from the shadows. I pointed it out to the others, and we stared at the photo in silence, each of us processing the implications. Sarah broke the silence. Her voice tinged with fear. What if... What if it's still there? Watching us? Mark tried to rationalize it. Could be a trick of the light, or someone who used to live here, he suggested, but his tone lacked conviction. The house had already shown us that the rules of logic and reason didn't seem to apply within its walls. The abruptness of the footsteps echoing from above was jarring. Heavy, deliberate steps thudded against the old wooden floorboards, each one resonating through the house. We exchanged glances of sheer terror before instinct took over, and we bolted. We moved quickly and chaotically, unlike the deliberate, ominous steps trailing behind us. The sound was getting closer, descending the staircase with an unnerving inevitability. We didn't dare look back, our focus solely on escape. As we reached the ground floor, the front door came into view, a ray of hope. But that hope was shattered in an instant when the door slammed shut with a resounding thud. 
as though an invisible hand had forcefully pushed it closed. The finality of the sound travelled through the grand hallway, sealing our fate. We were trapped. The footsteps above grew louder, more insistent, as if whatever was causing them knew we had no way out. Panic surged through me, a primal fear that I'd never experienced before. My heart raced, my breaths short and sharp. Then Mark, his voice filled with urgency, yelled, The basement! It was our last chance. Without hesitation, we turned and sprinted towards the narrow door that led to the basement, hidden under the staircase. As we descended the creaky steps into the darkness below, the sound of the footsteps was right on our heels. The air in the basement was colder, heavier, filled with the mustiness of decay. We moved quickly, our flashlights scanning the dark, cluttered space. The basement felt like a different world, detached from the house above, a place where forgotten things were left to rot. But it was our only hope, our only chance to evade whatever was relentlessly pursuing us. In the basement, an all-encompassing darkness enveloped us, thicker and more oppressive than any we had encountered in the house above. Our flashlights seemed feeble in the inky blackness, their beams swallowed whole by the shadows. We huddled close, our breaths coming out in ragged gasps, the terror of our chase still hanging in the air. It was Sarah who discovered it first. Over here, she whispered, her voice trembling. There's a tunnel. Pushed against one wall, barely visible under years of dust and cobwebs, was a small hidden passage. Without a word, we knew it was our only chance. One by one, we crawled through the narrow opening, the rough walls scraping against our hands and knees. The tunnel was claustrophobic, the air stale and musty. We moved in silence, the only sound our laboured breathing and the scraping of our movements. It felt like an eternity, but finally, a faint light appeared ahead, growing brighter with each painstaking crawl forward. Emerging from the tunnel, we found ourselves outside, the cool night air noticeably different from the suffocating atmosphere of the house. We collapsed on the ground, gasping for air, relief flooding through us. For a moment, we simply lay there, under the open sky, trying to process our escape. Then, compelled by a force I couldn't explain, I turned to look back at the house. In the moonlight, it looked less menacing, almost peaceful. But then my mind flashed back to the photo we had seen, the figure in the window. A cold realisation crept over me. I stood up, my eyes fixed on the window where we had seen the figure. My heart stopped. It was Mark. He was inside, looking out at us. But that was impossible. Mark had been with us the whole time. Or so I thought. I spun around, my flashlight beam landing on where Mark had been standing just moments before. But there was nothing. No sign of him. Just an empty space where he had been. The truth hit me. The Mark who had been with us wasn't the real Mark. At some point inside that cursed house he had been replaced, and we hadn't even noticed. The realisation sent a new wave of terror crashing over me. We had escaped the house, but we had left the real Mark behind. In our frantic flight, something else had followed us out. Something that had worn Mark's face, that had walked and talked like him 
but was far from human. The house of closed doors hadn't just trapped us, it had deceived us, leaving us with an entity we couldn't understand, much less fight, and our friends still trapped inside. 